And uh, I just want to share uh, uh, just a short uh, scripture with you. Um, MJ asked me uh, during the week, and actually at the staff meeting, she said, hey, um, is there a scripture that I can share uh, at the service on, uh, on Christmas Eve? And I said, sure there is. I said, let me get you one. And then she reminded me, hey, uh, remember, you said you would get me one. And it's like, oh yeah, I would. And I didn't want to do a traditional uh, a Christmas scripture for her. I wanted to give something to connected to what I want to share with you um, this evening out of the book of Matthew. But I wanted something that would uh, just kind of capture us a little bit. And so, you know, I was thinking about what Mary said uh, uh, to the servants about Jesus on the, um, the, the day that they were at the wedding and they had run out of wine and Jesus hadn't been performing any miracles yet. And, and uh, he said, hey, she said, hey, Jesus, listen, we've run out of wine. And he says, woman, what do I have to do with this? You know, my time has not come yet. And so instead of speaking to Jesus or talking to him, she turned and she told the servants that were standing there, listen, I don't care what he says to you, just do it. I wonder what would happen if as Christian people, we began to live our lives in such a way that when Jesus told us to do something, we just did it. We signed up for it, regardless of what it was. And then I was thinking about the people in Christmas story, and I want to share with you from the book of Matthew, chapter 1. It's going to show up right up here, but let me just read it for you. Um, very familiar passage, if you're familiar with the, uh, the Peanuts or the Charles Schultz Christmas um, um, uh, um, story that we watch as kids. But uh, let, me, let me just share it. This is, how, this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant with the Holy Spirit because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. And uh, we've talked in this season about the idea that uh, the engagement period was so serious back then that it took a legitimate divorce to separate um, a couple in that particular situation. But after Joseph had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and he said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgins will conceive, give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, took Mary home as his wife, but he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. And so there's our story from Matthew's account of what's going on, and, uh, and this is his research, this is what he shared as we consider his relationship to Jesus and what we have in the scripture for us. Are you asking for something big for Christmas this year? What did you ask for? Now if you're a mom, you're like, oh, nothing, 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 and if you're a husband, she's lying, and you need to be aware of that. It does not mean nothing, Okay. But for the most part, moms just want all their little chickens in one place at one time. That's what I found out, okay? They just want everybody to come home and let's just enjoy each other's company and let's just celebrate. But have you ever at Christmas time asked for something too big where you just, you dared to dream just a little bit big and maybe your parents said, hey, you're asking for a little too much and you wonder, wow, is that? It's kind of the story here, but in reverse, because as the Christmas story unfolds, we see over and over and over again that there appear to be times when it's almost as if God is asking too much of people. And as I was anticipating this evening and getting together and saying, God, what is it you're asking of us? I began to think of Joseph. 
And what is it that God was asking of him? According to verse 19, he was going to have Mary put away quietly because he didn't want to have her uh, disgraced publicly. And what that really means is, according to the law, Mary would have had to have been stoned, okay? Um, They would have had taken her outside the city and thrown approximately somewhere between baseball and softball-sized stones at her until she died. Now, on the outside chance that she just wasn't a virgin, you know, Joseph might go back and say, hey, listen, she lied to me. This is the deal. The cart got before the horse and I wasn't the guy and I want a different wife, okay? But she is claiming to be pregnant with somebody besides Joseph's baby. And Joseph has to decide what to do. And I can only imagine that Joseph in his relationship to God, as the angel shows up and says, hey, Joseph, don't do this thing, begins to process what it's going to mean to his name and to his family name. Remember, it's never just the individual. It always translates into the community through their family. And can you imagine Joseph's family... As he has to tell his mom and dad, hey, she's pregnant, but it's not my baby, it's the Son of God, and he has to deal with that um, embarrassment, and then Mary is doing the same thing, and she has to deal with that embarrassment. I wondered if there was ever a time where they just said, you know what, Joseph, let's just pretend it's yours. Let's just keep our heads down and our mouths shut, and don't say a thing to anybody. And then there was those shepherds that went around and told everybody. And then there was the angels that showed up. And it's just, you you just can't hardly do that. You just can't do that. But I've been thinking about Mary. If they would have followed the law, they would have taken Mary out and she would have been stoned. And lest we think that what that meant was the community over there would stone her, her cousins, her sisters, her brothers, her mom, her dad, everybody in the community takes part in that. It's almost a punishment to the community as much as it is to the individuals involved. And the scripture said that they they should be taken out and stoned. And so there's Mary. And so what happens instead is Joseph steps up. God asks too much of Joseph, and Joseph chooses to step up. He decides that he's going to be God's man. He's sticking to what God said. This is the Son of God, and you can laugh at us, but that's the way it is. Regardless of what he thought about Mary at this time and whether she was in her right mind, he stepped up. And we don't hear about that much about Joseph in Jesus' life. We hear about it when he's 12 years old. The book of Luke, chapter 2, it says, Every year Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. When he, being Jesus, was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. After the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it, thinking that he was in their company. So you know they're, they're traveling with family, with a crowd. They traveled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends, and when they didn't find him, they went back to Jerusalem. So another day back to Jerusalem. And then after three days, they found him in the temple court, sitting among the teachers, listening to them, and they were asking, uh, he was asking them questions. Everybody that heard him as he was talking was amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, son, why have you treated, like this? Your fa- treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. I don't know about you, but, you know, like, I'm not from Kentucky, but I've got five kids of my own, and I would say that after I found him, after three days, after looking for him, after not having police available to help me, I probably wouldn't have just said, hey, where have you been? You know how it is. 
That's the point at which you snatch him up by the short hairs, my grandmother would say, on the back of his neck, and you haul him out, and you send him to cut a switch like your granny would have, and you say, bring that switch in here, and I'll be in there in a couple of minutes, and you let them suffer with that switch in their lap, knowing that they're going to get it, but you just let them sit with it for, you know, like 20 minutes, um, because that does make it worse. But instead, his mom doesn't do that to him. Why did why'd you do this to us? And then Jesus says, why were you searching for me? Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then they went to, uh, down to Nazareth. And then he went down to Nazareth with them, and they, he was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in uh, her heart. And from this point on, you never hear another thing about Joseph. You never hear about interacting with Jesus. But you know he stepped up, and you know he was a big part of Jesus' life. You know, he taught him, he raised him, he spoke into it, um, he, he shared his relationship with God, and he certainly had a lot, a lot to say about that to, to uh, Jesus as a young boy. But that's what was going on. And I love that we get a picture of a man that was devout, and that is very clear from this whole story. Because when the angel of the Lord shows up, Joseph doesn't doubt. Angel of the Lord shows up and says, hey, Take her home to be your wife. Don't do this thing. The child is from God. And he doesn't doubt. He goes right home and makes him his son. And that's the way it is. Joseph wasn't just religious. He listened to an angel in a dream. He was hungry for God in my book. Joseph had to travel back and search for three days. And I was thinking about that, and I've been there. I lost a child in Indianapolis in a museum for a couple of minutes, and it stopped my heart. I can't imagine three days. Joseph called him son all of his days as far as we know. So Joseph was invested. This was his responsibility. This was his child. You ever felt like less than an adequate parent, those of you that are parents? You ever gone home? You ever put your children to bed? You ever been too hard on them? You ever been too, uh, you know, they've just pushed you to the end and they pushed your button and you reacted less than kind and you put them in bed and you said, that's it, they're going to bed. And then you just sat and you cried because you feel like you failed as a parent. Well, put yourself in Joseph's situation. He lost the Son of God for three days. Can you imagine God saying, Joseph, where's Jesus? And he says, Lord, I, I don't know. I thought he was right here. Mary, Mary, it was your turn. And everybody starts blaming everybody. Listen, you're doing fine. You are doing fine. Did Joseph die? We don't know. Most sites will tell us that most likely Jesus died, or excuse me, Joseph died before Jesus started his ministry. We don't know at what point. Definitely before the crucifixion where he gave the responsibility of his mother to his friend, disciple John. But I was looking at all these characters in the Bible. Mary, Joseph, Anna, Simeon, shepherds, innkeeper, magi. All of these people accepted the mission that God gave to them. All of them did. Every one of them heard the voice of God, angelic choir, angels, however it got to them, and they chose to believe it and they acted on it. All of this was bigger than what they themselves could do. And yet, all of their decisions led you to this room tonight. Isn't that amazing? All of those shepherds saying, let us go see if what those angels... You notice they weren't like overwhelmed with the angels. They just wanted to go see if the angels were lying to them. Let's go see if what they said was true. And as a result of that, all of this gets written down for you and I. And as Jesus said, blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. That's you and I. 
We believe because of their testimony. And I'm looking at that tonight. The truth of the matter is that God has the right to ask anything that He wants of us, doesn't He? We belong to God. He's our God. He has the right to say, Joseph, I want you to take this woman in. The child's mine, but you be the dad. He has the right to do that. As we come to the end of this year, I just want to share these two questions with you. Is God asking a miracle of you this year? And by miracle, I'm, I'm wondering, do you feel like God is asking for more than you can possibly do by pressing on through something? You've suffered a loss, but you have to go, keep going. Different things have come into your life this year, and you're saying, God, we can't keep doing this. And God says, yes, you can. Just keep putting one foot in front of the other. Is God asking you to go above and beyond what is acceptable to you? I wonder about that. Because I think about all of the people in the Christmas story, and all of them said yes to God. And incredible, miraculous things happen. But so many times when God asks something of us, we hold back and we begin to say, was that really God? Did I hear the voice of God? Was that just because we saw a TV show or somebody walked into our lives? I can't tell you how many times somebody has contacted me on the phone that I haven't talked to in a long time and they just simply said, hey, you were on my mind. Are you okay? And those calls don't ever come when everything in my life is just peaceful. And those people, when they heard the Lord say, call Joe, they called. When they heard God say, go sit down with Joe, they came. And I wonder what would have happened if they hadn't done that. So many times we wrestle when God is saying something to you and I, and he's inviting us to do something, but it scares us, it feels uncomfortable to us, it feels like it might embarrass us. Just doing things God's way doesn't seem fair sometimes. And yet God says, I want you to keep putting one foot in front of the other because you're doing great. And I'm going to go ahead of you. He told us, never will I leave you and never will I forsake you. It's going to be all right. I just want to make this ask of you. And I wonder what God is asking of you in your life if he should tarry as we go into 2022. I'll be honest with you, 30, 40 years ago, that number 2022 wasn't even a part of my life. It wasn't a part of my thought process. It was never going to come. It was so far away. We would never get out of the 1900s. And yet we did. And we have grandchildren. And we're continuing to move forward. And God is still being amazing in the midst of all the crazy you and I are witnessing. I want to encourage you that God sees what's going on in your life. And when you surrender your life to God, and that's what this is all about. When you surrender your life to God. When you say, Lord, I'm a sinner and I know it. And I need that Savior. Here's my life. I don't accept Jesus. I surrender to Jesus. At that point, He does have the right to ask of me because he's given me so much and I'm here for such a short period of time that the idea of praying for somebody that I don't know shouldn't even be an issue. 
surrendering my life to him, giving to somebody, taking somebody to dinner, providing food, getting gifts for, whatever it might be. When God says, I need you to do this for me, we should answer, answer like Mary and say, let it be with me as you've said. We should be like Joseph and say, let me step up and be God's person. Even if it doesn't feel comfortable and I don't like it, I can trust him. That story that I read to you is the reason that you and I are right here. And you and I can complain about a lot of things. But we're upright. We're breathing. We're celebrating Christmas. We know where our next meal's coming from. There's free coffee in the truck for crying out loud. And it's going to still be there after the service. Joe Wood does not have much to complain about this Christmas season. Can I be God's person? Let's pray. Fathers, we come before you, we thank you, and we praise you for who you are, what you've done in our lives, and even what you're doing in our lives. It doesn't always feel good, and there are times, God, when we cry ourselves to sleep. It's the truth. We do. There are times we wonder if you see what we're going through, if you're aware of our children, if you see a broken relationship, God, if you understand that we need a new job, if we, if we just don't know how we're going to get through it, we're counting on you, God. For that, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for being faithful to us in those moments that we're right here. God, I just ask that you speak clear to us as the scripture says so that we, like a prophet, can write it down on a scroll and we can run with it, whatever it is you're asking of us. God, we love you for what you've done, certainly, for what you've given to us, definitely, but for our salvation and being reunited back into the family with you. For that, we thank you. Jesus' holy name, we say amen.